1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5. We're going to talk about the title of the message here, The Truth About Jesus. And uh, really, if you've ever had to prepare a, a message uh, from the Bible, uh, it's really, really easy when it outlines itself. And that's really what we found, found this uh, a couple of weeks ago as I was looking at uh, what I'd do for this week. Uh, I thought, oh, good, it's already outlined. I don't have to, <laughs> have to work as hard to figure out uh, where it's going. But uh, then the more as I, as I dug into what we're talking about today, uh, it just opened up my eyes uh, even more than what I uh, previously had seen before. If you were to give a one-word theme to the book of 1 John, we looked at it a little bit briefly last week, and I'm really excited as we get into chapter 2 and eventually chapter 5. Because the one-word theme, if you were to read through the whole book and say, what, what's the word that you keep seeing, or what's the idea that we keep seeing? Uh, I, there, you might get several different answers, but one of the, I think, the most popular answers that, that you would probably come up with is the idea of love. There are nearly 30 verses and several verses of those 30 that mention love, uh, at least one or sometimes even two times. And it's just all throughout the book of 1 John, this idea of love, God is love. That's really uh, probably the main theme, the overarching theme. Uh, last week, really, as we introduced this book, uh, we'll just spend just a few moments just rehearsing what we looked at last week for those of you who weren't here, but also just to kind of get our minds back into where we were because it really sets the tone for where we're going to go. And almost this week is, is kind of like the prequel because it seems like the first part of chapter 1 and the rest of chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5 uh, are going to talk about this idea of love. But John takes a break from verses 5 through 10, and he kind of gives a like, all right, now here's what we're going to talk about. Now hold on, stop. We've got to cover some ground rules. And that's what we're going to look at this morning uh, about the truth about Jesus. As I said, the uh, the, the, the idea of love is mentioned uh all throughout the book, but what's very interesting is not one time is it mentioned in chapter 1. There's no reference to love. If you've never read the book of 1 John and you say, I don't know, what are you talking about love? I've never, I haven't seen it yet. It's true because it hasn't happened yet in this chapter. Because though God is love and though John is going to spend a lot of time talking about love and, and John is known as the, the disciple that Jesus loved, and he kind of gave himself that name because he wrote the gospel that that's mentioned in. But uh, that, that's not even talked about. In chapter number one, he's going to talk about something very different, very, um, very opposite almost, if you will. If we were reading the book and we're reading from chapter one and we start reading down and we as we looked at last week a little bit, he talks about fellowship because this is why I'm writing the book to you. I'm writing this letter to you because I want you to have fellowship with Jesus. I spent three and a half years walking and talking and living daily life with Jesus Christ. I saw him when he was tired. I saw him when he was, uh, when he was sick. I saw him when he was happy. I, I was with him in the sad times. I, he got to see every emotion that Jesus experienced in that, in that three and a half year earthly ministry of Christ. And he said, I, it was so wonderful. He said, this is why I'm writing it to you because I want you to have the same fellowship that I had with Jesus Christ. I want you to have the same fellowship that I get to enjoy with Jesus. When he walked on the earth, he's telling this church, these churches in Ephesus, he's saying, I want you to have that same opportunity to fellowship with Jesus 
like I did for three and a half years. Though Jesus is not here physically anymore, he made it possible for us to have that kind of fellowship. And he says, I want you to have that. And he tells that to us now. He also says, I'm telling you this because I want you to have joy. I want you to have joy to the max. I want you to have your joy full. I want it to be complete. I don't want you to just walk through life and and always waiting for the next good thing to happen. I'm feeling like, oh, my life's just a wreck, and good thing I got heaven to look forward to because there's nothing down here worth. And he says, no, no, no. If, If you understand the truth about who I'm talking about, he says, you can have joy right now. You can have a joyful life. You can have a complete life. It can be full. It can be uh, permanent. It's not temporary. It's not, you know, we're looking forward to our big vacation. Uh, we're looking forward to Christmas, or we're looking forward to this trip, or looking forward to all these things. And as soon as they kind of, they go, and now what? He says, no, life can be different. Um, for the Christian, we have this opportunity to have a life of fellowship with one another. We have a life uh, with an opportunity of fellowship with Christ, and we have a life with an opportunity for joy that's complete. But he's going to take a break right at the end of chapter, verse number 4, and he's going to say, but before we get there, talk about something else. Before we understand or we even talk about love, we're going to talk about light. What does light have to do with love? What does light have to do with fellowship? We're going to look at those that, that, that idea this morning. Just as God is love, God is also pure. He is holy. He is clean. We saw in the very first verse there, this then is the message. This is it. This is why I'm, this is not why I'm telling you. This is what I came to tell you. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. He is 100% light and 0% darkness. You have to, you have to get that concept, okay? Uh, when God created light, He basically introduced the world to himself when he said, let there be light. He is light. Just like later on, we'll see the verse that says, God is love. God is light. When God shows up, there's light. And he says, when when I am there and in me, there's 100% light and not one speck of darkness. You You ever watch that, how light and darkness cannot coexist? Whenever there is no light, Darkness appears. And as soon as the light comes on, it pushes the darkness away. They never get to work together. They never have anything in common. And God says, I want to teach you something very fundamental about who I am. And John says, after spending all this time with Jesus, I want to teach you about how the God that loves. But to do that, I've got to first teach you about the God that is alive. And if really, uh, later on, we're going to connect these two together. But, it's so important that we understand this, this first concept that God is light because as we understand the truth that God is light, it will totally change your understanding of God is love. See, really, you can't have love without light. Love is seeing, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself here, but love is not, you know, you ever heard the term love is blind? You know, we know, we know that. It's not, okay? Love sees the cracks. It sees the imperfections. It sees the blemishes. It sees the, the ugliness that appears. And it chooses to love anyway. Love is not infatuated with the outside. Love sees the whole person and says, I don't really care what you look like or 
who you are, I choose you. Married couples. You know, they, they have not chosen to love each other because she cooks for me or he pays the bills for me and he built me a nice house to live in. I choose to live with you and I choose to love you because I love you. And, and, and did you know that he has smelly feet? Yes, I do. And I still love him. Did you know that, uh, that she, uh, you know, uh, doesn't wake up looking like that? Uh, she, she, she has to apply a little paint you know, to, uh, to, to change it. Yes, I know that and I still, uh, I still love her. Did you know that his breath stinks? Did you know that, that uh, he loses his temper sometimes? Uh, did you know that uh, she burns a meal every once in a while? Or did you know that uh, we're going to have off days? We figure that out, don't we? And, and that's, that's kind of what that, that, that uh, dating period at the beginning of it is. You don't just, you know, on the first date, it's not a good idea to say, well, you know, it's been a good five minutes so far. Why don't we just take the plunge and uh, just see where this leads? You know, marriage proposal at the very beginning is not a good idea. We, we kind of try to get to know each other and say, okay, there's, okay, yeah, you're not perfect. And, and I know that not everybody's perfect, but as I learn what your flaws are, or as she learned what, what my one flaw is, I only have one, I mean, come on. But does she learn what it is? And it wasn't that big a deal. And she goes, how can I not? And so she, and so she basically begged me to ask her to marry. And, and, and I consented. No, that's not how it went. Probably went the other way around. But I, I choose to not remember it that way. But that's, uh, th- th- as I learn how imperfect a person is, my wife, my kids, my friends, my church family, as we learn Remember last week I said, you know, have you ever gotten to know someone and the more you get to know them, the more disappointed you get because I really thought you were up here and every time I examine you further, you're not as good as I thought. And yet when we look at Christ and the deeper we look into Christ and the close, more closely we examine Christ, we see he really is as good as he says he is and even better than I really understood. But love says, I know I see all of the imperfections. I still want you. Well, the thing that allows us to see those imperfections is the light. And so as I understand that God is the light, I'll get this idea of God is love a whole lot better. And so John begins his message clearly and simply, verse number five, God is light. Now, John's not saying anything new. He's actually saying the same thing that Jesus said uh, in the book of John, in the gospel of John, Jesus said, uh, some thing, uh, the same message. I'm the light of the world. Uh, and, 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 and if you walk, if you walk with me, you won't walk in darkness. And so we're going to see some of those verses later on. But John says, I want to teach you this very fundamental truth about who God is. And that's why the title of the sermon, The Truth About Jesus. Because really, if we walk out in the world and we talk to people out there, they're going to, they want to believe that God is love. And, and when people get mad at God, uh, the, the horrible things and tragedies happen, they say, how could a God who's supposed to be all loving and, you know, how could he let these things happen? Because we want to believe that God is love and it's true. And if you believe God is love, you are not wrong. But if that's all you understand about God, if that's the only thing that you know about God is that he loves me, but nothing else, you have an incomplete view of who God is. Because first, God is also light. We have to get that. What is light? Light is a thing that exposes. It's a thing that reveals. It's, it's when you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to find your way to the restroom or the refrigerator uh, and, and to, to get a quick midnight snack, right? What do you do? you got to turn on a light so you can see where you're going. Because it doesn't matter how familiar you are with that territory, 
you don't know where you're going if you can't see. And a little bit of light will go a long way and help you to see. Uh, many of you, you've, you've grown up around these parts here, and you, could, you know these roads by the back of your hand, but every one of you still turn on your headlights at night because you won't be able to see without them. And those deer, I mean, they keep moving, right? They keep, they keep placing those trees in weird places. And, and the, the roads, it uh, doesn't matter how well you travel them, you still need the light to see where you're trying to go because the light reveals, it exposes. It helps me see where I'm going to go, but the problem that people have with light is that it reveals the problems that I have. It reveals the imperfections that I have. Have you ever gotten dressed in the dark and then come to work realizing you're wearing a black and a blue sock or your clothes don't match? They look good in the dark because everything's kind of gray. But then you get into the light and you realize, that's dirty or it's wrinkled or... It's a totally different color than I thought it was back in the, in, the, in the dark closet or in the dark room. I forgot to turn the lights on. You ever tried to do your hair? Ladies, try doing your makeup in the dark. Not going to come out the same, I guarantee you. You know, because we need the light to show us what's wrong, and we need the light to show us how to make what's wrong right. God says, I want you to understand this truth that I am love, but you've got to first understand maybe a more difficult, maybe a larger pill to swallow. Love is so easy. We want to believe that God is love, but believing that God is light, that God exposes, that God reveals the cracks and the flaws that I have in my life, it's not so fun to think about. So this morning, God outlines, John outlines basically two different types of people or two different errors that man has about having fellowship with Jesus. Again, he says, Remember, he says at the very beginning, he goes, this is why I'm writing to you, because I want you to have fellowship with Christ, and I want you to have fellowship with the rest of the people that have fellowship with Christ. And so he says to have that, and that's the main goal. But to get there, you've got to understand something. And so there's two errors, and they basically swing from one extreme to the other that people have about this idea of having fellowship with Jesus. We've all met people, both, both types of these people. In fact, we might fall into one of these categories ourselves. And so John tells us an error, and he tells us the truth, and then he'll tell us how to fix it. So if you'll take your, you'll take your uh, notes out, you take your Bible out, and let's look in John, uh, John's, uh, John's first error. We see it in chapter number, uh, chapter number 1 in verse number 6. Notice he starts off with, if we say. He says in verse number 6, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He says error number one, it's the idea and the people that say, I have fellowship with Jesus, but I also walk in the dark. That darkness there is talking about sin. He said, Jesus said in John, the Gospel of John, He said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And He says they don't come to the light because they don't want their evil deeds to be revealed. They don't want their evil deeds, their sin to be manifested to them, and so they stay in the dark. And so when I'm walking in the dark, I'm walking or living in sin. Okay? And whatever sin it might be. And Jesus says, and John tells us, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here, He says, if you, uh, if you feel like you can have both, you're wrong. He says, if we say we have fellowship with Christ, which is what we all want, but you walk in darkness, it's an error. Sorry, that's wrong. 
And John's not even as polite about it. Uh, he's that, remember I said last week, he's towards the end of his life. He he's knows he's on limited time, and he's just going to shoot straight with us. He's going to be clear. He's not going to try to mince words. He's not going to beat around the bush and, and try to sugarcoat it and let us down lightly. Notice what he says in that verse. He says, you lie. You ever talk to someone like that? They're just like real cut and dry. Don't care. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're like, no, no, that's a lie. Okay, <laughs> thank you. You know, uh, you know, if you say, uh, "Tell me if I look fat in this," like, yep, you look fat, and it's not that that makes you look fat. <laughs> they just kind of tell you straight up the straight up the, the middle. This is what this is the truth. And John says, "Listen, uh, you've got to understand this. This idea of fellowship is so great." But he says, "If you think that you can have fellowship with Christ and still walk in the darkness," he says. You're lying. He says, the truth isn't in you. You don't walk in the truth. Sin, this is, a, this is a man, this is a person that has this idea that sin isn't a big deal anymore. It's already been paid for. I'm a Christian now. Jesus paid for my sin. And so now that I'm saved, it doesn't really matter what I do. So I have fellowship with Jesus. I have, I have, I have my fire insurance, and I can walk around knowing that I'm going to go to heaven and do whatever I please Sin is not an issue anymore because it's already been forgiven. Yes, I sin, but it doesn't matter now. I'm friends with Jesus, and so it doesn't matter how I treat him or how I live. We're best friends. He loves me, and so it doesn't matter if I disobey. It doesn't matter because he has to save me. John says that's a lie. That's not the truth. Jesus really does care how I live my life. He does care how I walk. I don't have a license to sin. Salvation was not a license or an excuse, a free, uh, a get out of jail free card with my sin. So John tells us what the, he says the truth here. He says, if that's how you, if that's what you say, if that's what you believe, and maybe the words don't literally come out of your mouth, but that's our actions. If I'm living a life that is separate from what God says or deliberately opposed to what God says, that means I'm walking in the dark. And if I'm walking in the dark, yet I say or I believe or I feel in my heart that I have fellowship with Jesus, John says, I hate to break it to you, but I'm going to, sorry, not sorry, you're lying. You don't do the truth. And I love this because he didn't just leave us hanging there. He gives us the fix. He gives us the remedy. He gives us solution. Look at it. He says, well, let me, let me, let me say this with the truth there. Walking in the light is the test of your fellowship with God. That's what John is telling us there. He's saying, how can you know if you have fellowship with God? He goes, first of all, are you walking in the light? Because that's what God is. See, the reason that you can't have fellowship with God, let's say that this is the dark and this is the light. The reason that you can't have fellowship with God if you're in the dark is because God is 100% light and 0% darkness. And if God were to come over into the darkness, it wouldn't be dark anymore, would it? It'd be light because there's no darkness in him. So there's no possible way to have fellowship with God in my sin because God is light, because the light reveals, because the light ex- exposes, it manifests. And so walking with God, is the test of my fellowship. Walking in the light is the test of my fellowship with God. I want to show you a verse. It's in John chapter 8. I think I put it up on the screen so we can look at it. John chapter 8, this is the story of the woman that was taken in adultery. 
Remember, Jesus was teaching. If you get the picture now, there was, Jesus was teaching. There were a bunch of Pharisees around. And then all of a sudden, during this time, uh, a little commotion comes from the side. And, and these men bring this woman, and they said, we caught her in the very act of adultery. Okay? And they're trying to, they're trying to trip up Jesus. They wanted Jesus to basically, uh, condemn her or let her go and make him basically draw a line which side of the law he was going to be on. Either he was going to be with the law or he was, or what they hoped he would do is ex- uh, uh, oppose the law and then they would have charges against him. And this is the very famous story. Jesus bends down. He writes in the sand. We have no idea what he wrote in the sand. Maybe he was drawing pictures. I don't know. Maybe he, some people say he was drawing uh, the sin. He was writing out the sins of the, of, the other, of the other men who were her accusers. We don't really know, and it really doesn't matter. But the Bible says that uh, uh, he, he said, he that has the first, uh, he that uh, has no sin, he can cast the first stone. And then one by one, her accusers, the Bible said from the oldest to the youngest, walked away. And Jesus kind of playing, playing coy, he looks up and he knows what's going on, but he asked the girl, he says, where's all your accusers? And she's not having it anymore. They all walked away. They all left. And so notice what he says. He says, neither do I condemn them. Go and sin no more. Jesus did not give her a license to go back and finish living how she wanted to live. He says, I want you to change. I'm not going to condemn you, but I'm not saying it's okay to go back and do what you want to do. Go and sin no more. But then he stands and he speaks to the other people that were still there. So maybe the lady's on her way out. Maybe she stood there and listened to his next words because it's immediately following. He tells all the other people that had been listening to him, he says these words, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And he that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness. If you're going to follow after me, you will not walk in darkness. That's exactly what he just told this woman. He says, lady, I'm not going to condemn you. I forgive you. I am a God of love. But here's the thing. Sin no more. If you're going to follow after me, you can't walk in the darkness. And that's what John tells us. He says, you cannot have both. So here's the remedy, verse number 7. I love this. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's what we wanted in the first place, right? That's the whole point of chapter 1. He says, I want you to have fellowship. And he says, okay, if you say that you have fellowship and that's what you want, but you're going to walk in darkness over here, you can't have it. But if you will just start walking in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light, you got it. You've got fellowship with him, and you have fellowship with each other. You can have fellowship with all those who also walk in the light. But also what he says there, he says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. It's amazing. It's awesome. We're not talking to unsaved people here. We're talking to Christians. We're not talking to people who need to get saved again. We're not talking about people who got it and lost it and got it and lost it. We're talking about people like me and like you who, though we believe and though we're Christians and though we know we're in God's family, we're not perfect. We still mess up. We still stumble. We still fall. We still beat our head against the door. We walk through life and we just mess up. And he says here, you, it's, it's not okay to just go ahead and mess up. He says, but it is okay to get up and walk back, get back and walk in the light again, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you. You didn't lose it. You didn't lose that salvation. You didn't lose that, that place, that standing that you have with God. You don't have to walk through the Christian life wondering, 
I know I, I know he said he would save me, but I mean, I messed up again. What, what, what about that one thing? What about I, I had a bad attitude today, or I, or I didn't do the thing I was supposed to do. I disobeyed, or I, or I didn't obey. I didn't do something I was supposed to do. Now what are you going to do? God says, no, no, we're okay with that. But he says, you're, it's not okay for you just to give up and say, well, I want to do what I want to do now. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to perform a certain way so I can get a job and impress my employer. But you know what? It's not okay once I get the job to just give up and stop trying again, right? He expects me, the guy that tried and, and the guy the guy that he hired, that's the guy he wants to work for him, not some guy that's going to slack off and say, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the union now. You can't fire me. He says, no, that's not how that works. Same thing with Christianity. He says, I'll save anybody. I, I, you don't have to rise to a certain level to save. But listen, once, once you realize that you've, you've got your place, you, your home in heaven, it's not the truth. It's not okay to just go back and live however you want to live. And he told that woman, he said, go and sin no more. Don't go back to your same life. Don't go back to the old ways. Don't go back to the old living. He says, I want you to go and sin no more. He says, I want you to go back and start walking in the light. And what's going to happen is as you walk in the light, that light's going to expose and it's going to show you, yeah, you've got problems and you're messed up and you're, you're bruised and you're bumped and you're scratched and you're scarred. But the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. Cleans us. It washes away all sin. Jesus told Peter, when he was going around and washing his disciples' feet, John chapter 13, you can read it. Peter, he got to Peter, and, and Peter said, Jesus, you're not washing my feet. That was an, an act of servitude. It was an act of putting himself below them. And, and Peter said, you're not washing my feet. I should be washing your feet. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part with me. And so Peter said, I want to have part with you. And he said, Jesus, don't just wash my feet then. Wash my hands and wash my head. Wash all of me. And Jesus tells us this, John chapter 13 and verse 10. Jesus said, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. He's saying, listen, you've already been washed. You don't have to wash again. You just have to wash your feet. You know, like when you go camping, and you have to go to, if you go to like, the, not the real camp, not the real, I know, some of you are like, oh, we don't camp, that means we don't shower, we brush our teeth with our finger and a stick, and, uh, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't do anything for five days, and we come back and smelling like the great outdoors, and that, that's not a pleasant smell, okay, the great outdoors smells a whole lot better than you do after five days. But you know about the, the, the second tier of camping, when you go and there's showers there, and you have to leave, I remember when I went to camp, uh, our, our, the camp when I was a kid, I went. Uh, a few times, and there was a place that you had to go to shower. And so you get all clean in the shower, and then you walk back through the mud, and your feet are dirty when you get back home, right? So I'm clean. I don't have to go back and take another shower. My feet are dirty. I have to wash those things before I can get back in. And that's how it was in Bible times. They wear those sandals. They walk in. They wouldn't have to wash everything, but they walk to their bathhouse or wherever, and they come back, and their feet would be dirty. They have to wash their feet. And so that's what Jesus is teaching them. You're clean. You're saved. You're one of God's own. You don't have to get saved again. But he says you do have dirty feet because you're walking in the dirt all the time. And, folks, we live in the world. We live in sinful bodies, and our feet are going to get dirty. So wash your feet. Your feet stink. Me too. My feet stink because I live in sinful bodies. I, I'm not perfect. And it's not okay for me to walk around going, well, most of me is clean. Because my feet stink. My feet smell. Just don't look up there. Don't look down there. Look up here. Don't sniff down there. You got dirty feet too. God says, no, 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 it's not okay. It's not okay to look at, well, you got dirtier feet than I do. No, no, no. 
God says, if you want to walk with me, you're going to have to be clean. You're going to have to walk in the light. And he says, but as you walk in the light, I'll clean you. I'll cleanse you. Everywhere, everywhere, every, everything that you need cleansed, I will cleanse you. Let me show you the second error. Because here's a group of people first that say, it's okay at how I live. I don't care how I live. I'm, I'm saved. I kind of got God. I got him in that loophole. And so now he saved me, right? And so he forgave my sin. I don't care how I live now. John says and Jesus says, that, that's, that's not how this works. But then we swing to the other side of the pendulum, and we've got a person here that basically says, I don't have any sin. I'm not like that guy that's walking in saying, I don't have any sin. I'm a Christian now. I'm, I'm saved. I don't have any problems. It's all good. I mean, I come to church and sit here. Everyone thinks I'm doing okay. It doesn't matter what happened in the car on the way home. Uh, have you ever walked in on someone and you can hear they're yelling? You know, I go to make visits and, and I hear, rah, 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 back and forth. I'm like, oh, maybe, not, maybe now it's not a good time. And sometimes if I'm feeling ornery, I'll knock anyway. Because <laughs> then they open the door, hey, how you doing? Come on in. You know, the wife and I were just reading the Bible together. Like, That's, that doesn't sound like you're reading the Bible. <laughs> goes, I'm, I was about to call the police. <laughs> Never mind. Crisis averted. <laughs> Uh, because they, we put on a mask, we put on a face, and we say, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's okay. And we, to an extent, as other people, we appreciate that we don't wear our problems on the outside. We, have, we all have dirty laundry, but we don't leave it out when, public, when company comes over. We all have smelly feet, but thankfully we uh, put on some socks or we uh, masked it somehow uh, with perfume or deodorant or whatever it was, uh, because we all know we don't have to share it, okay? You don't have to make remind me that you have it. But here's a man right here who says, I'm a Christian. I don't have a problem with sin, man. I'm saved. And that's what John says there in verse number, uh, verse number eight. He says, the second guy, he says, if we say that we have no sin, really? You think that you're perfect now? You think that you're just done? I mean, Jesus saved you, and that's all he had to do? You were pretty much good to go, and all he had to do was lick his thumb and wipe that little speck off your cheek, and now you're exactly what you're supposed to be. John says that's an error, too. And he says here, you're lying to yourself. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You're fooling yourself. Really? You really think that you're just perfect now? He says, that's you. You're just fooling yourself. You're not fooling any of us, right? Anybody ever met a perfect person? No. Anybody married to a perfect person? Very good job. Larry on some point. But, uh, but he lies, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's just, that's the truth. You, hopefully you're not there. Hopefully you're not saying, yeah, everything's perfect now. Now, I, I wonder, this guy here, if we could really sit this person down and find out, maybe he's afraid because he expected things to be different after salvation. Maybe he's embarrassed because he believed that Christians shouldn't struggle with those same sins. Maybe he's embarrassed because he's, he's embarrassed and with himself because I thought that once I became a Christian, I thought that once I gave my life to Christ and once I started following Jesus, I thought these things would fall away. And I still cuss or I still, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever you do. And I still have these problems. And, then, and I look around all these other people and I, they don't have the same problem. And, and I had the problem, but now I, nothing didn't fall away. I thought that all things become new. I thought that everything was going to be great. I thought this was going to be sunshine and roses and, and, and beautiful and, 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 and wonderful and happy. And yet, it's not, it's not perfect. Maybe he's frustrated with himself. Maybe he's afraid that God's going to expose him as a fraud. 
Maybe he's afraid that God's going to expose him as he's hopeless. <laughs> Shouldn't have wasted my time on you saving you. You were a mistake in saving. Maybe that's what he's afraid God's going to do. Maybe he's scared he's going to lose salvation. And so, he buttons his jacket, he puts his tie on, combs his hair real nice, and sprays himself with spiritual acts so that he doesn't smell bad, and he tries to act as if everything is fine. John says, you can try however you want, you can spray as much as you want, you can do anything you want, you're only fooling yourself. God sees, everyone else around you sees, you're not doing the truth. The truth is not in you. But again, notice there's a remedy, there's a fix. Simply confess. Confess your sin. He says, First John 1 9, maybe one of the most famous verses in the Bible, at least in First John, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God says, all you've got to do is be honest. I didn't expect you to be perfect. I know that you're not perfect. I knew you before I saved you, and I knew that you were a mess then, and I know that you're a mess now. The only thing is now I'm going to start fixing you. But I'm not going to do it all of a sudden. I'm not going to change you instantly. You're not going to be Superman. And the truth is, if you were to look around this room and the one person in this room, you say, I respect that person. That's what I, that's what I want to become like as a Christian. That's, that's the type of, 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 of person that I need to become like. If you were to be, if you were to be completely uh, all knowing about that person's life, that, per, that person would be like, I, I don't have it all together. I'm just a little bit further along than other people are. The truth is, if we can figure it out somehow, the most spiritual person in this room still has a mess to deal with every single day. The truth is that if we could categorize and find out who the top 10% of Christians in this room are, they'd still have some issues that some of us would go, really, you deal with that? You have a problem with that? I've got issues that you don't have to deal with. I've got sins that, 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 that affect me harder than they affect you, but you've got stuff that I don't have to deal with. You've got problems that I don't have, but I've got problems that you don't. And if we could all see each other, if we could have some floating grid above us, like top five sins that this guy's been dealing with this week, we'd all be looking going, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And that's the problem here. That's the problem, not that the sin that we have is that we try to act like everything's okay, and yet there's there's so much going on in our lives, and we're trying to hide it, we're trying to cover it up and saying, no, everything's fine, no, it's nothing to look over here and we're telling people, we're, we're, we're giving them at least a false impression saying, yeah, Christians have no problems. And then when they see the truth that Christians really do have the same problems, they, hypocrites. Because the truth is, if we would just act honestly, I got problems. I'm trying to work on them. I'm not happy to just walk in the darkness. Yeah, I got some issues. John says, if we confess that sin, simply Admit it. Simply confess it. John says, be fixed. I am, God says, God is faithful. You don't have to be faithful in forgiving your sins. God says, the faithfulness is up to me. God says, I'm faithful, and I'll forgive that sin. Stop relying on yourself 
Stop trying to hide it. And, and, and when no one's looking, trying to fix yourself up real quick so that it, get, it looks better to the God says, just come as you are the same way that you came at salvation. He said, Jesus, I'm broken. I'm messed up. Really, I mean, if, if, you, if you could take something like this, then I'd love for you too, but there's simply nothing attractive about me. There's simply nothing that you would desire from me. And Jesus says, that's exactly what love is because I am love. I'll still take you anyway. But since that day, since salvation began in my life, I'm still broken. I'm still messed up. I still have issues. Maybe not as many as I did before, but I still have to be honest with myself and with Christ. Jesus doesn't require perfection to fellowship. He requires honesty. Confess our sin. If you're going to walk in truth, you're going to have to step into the light. The light is going to expose your sin. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be disappointing. It's the only way to clean it up. Read this verse to you. It's in John chapter 3 and verse 19. This is, I, I referred to it. I quoted a little bit of it earlier, but it says, and This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. This is just after the most famous verse in the Bible, probably John 3 16, God so loved the world. This comes three verses later. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. This is Jesus' words. He's saying, listen, if you love the dark, it's only because you don't want to be exposed. You want to just do your thing. But he says, if you're going to do the truth, then, then you're going to walk into the light and you're going to be revealed in all your flaws and all your scars, the ugliness of sin, the ugliness of my imperfection. Jesus says, that's all I really wanted because now I can work on you. Because if you're going to stay over there, I can't, can't do anything for you because I'm light. That's darkness. I don't have anything to do with the darkness. And if you're going to follow after me, you got to come over here. I know you're going to be disappointed. I know you're going to be scared. But listen, I am going to show you what's wrong with you, but for the rest of this book, I'm going to tell you about how much I love you. I'm not going to shun you away. I'm not going to be surprised at how dirty you are, how messed up you are, how, how, how just messed up we can be as human beings. Jesus said, it's okay. I already know. Now you've stepped in. Now I can do something about it. I want to share a verse, just one verse with you, and we're going to finish. This is in Ephesians. Paul is talking to the same group of people that, that John is talking to in this letter in Ephesians. This church is in Ephesus. And he says there in verse number five, uh, verse number eight, if you get some time, I encourage you to read all the way through verse 13, but just verse number eight. Ye were sometimes darkness. You used to walk in the dark. You used to live in your sin and not even care. But now are you light in the Lord. And notice what he says. Walk as children of light. Walk that. Walk like you're in the light. You are a child of the light. God is light. And so you're one of his children, right? So you're children of the light. And so he says, now walk like it. Walk in it. Let me fellowship with you. Let me fix the problems. I love you. And I'm light.
Don't fool yourself. Don't, don't say that you can have the best of both worlds because you can't. Me or that. When you get over and when you, when, now that you're part of don't fool yourself and say, hi, I don't have a problem. I'd rather you just be honest. Just tell me, okay, I got, I got issues, I got problems. And then let me begin to work with you. Such an amazing thought, isn't it? Such an amazing truth. God is light. God sees. Okay?